ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to a live edition of Omega Man Radio. I'm excited to be here with you. We're going to have a great time in the Lord today. And let's go ahead and get um, Michael Cummins on. It's going to be a powerful broadcast. Stay with us. Here we go. And we're on uh, MixLR, IceCast, and Blog Talk Radio. Brother Mike. Hey, how you doing? All right? My brother, I am uh, doing pretty good tonight. I believe uh, something supernatural is taking place today. I can feel it. Amen. And uh, I'm excited to be with you. How are you doing over there across the pond? <laughs> well, not too not too bad. It's a bit cooler now. There's about 10 degrees gone off the temperature. Oh. And uh, it's made it a bit cool, a bit easier to sleep overnight. Well, okay. Uh, do they consider this time of the year uh, fall or winter time? How many seasons do you have? Yeah, yeah. well, we have, uh, we have four seasons. Uh, September... Uh, really, the 1st of September is looked upon as the end of summer. But uh, we have different times of clocks because the uh, we have clocks going back and forward, so we're always in daylight. And, of course, the clocks go back. We get an up extra hour in bed on October the 31st, which is Halloween. So the... Uh, the clocks go back then, and then it's considered really winter. But it's very warm at the moment. It's very nice. And the sun's still shining. And like you, I feel something supernatural. Got to give you a testimony, my brother. Tell a me. gentleman rang me up, a Jamaican gentleman, half Jamaican, half North American. And he said there was a brother and sister living in the flat beneath him. He's got a he's got a big house. It's not his house, but he lives in a big house and there's separate flats. And he said that this brother and sister were doing witchcraft, playing with Ouija boards, doing voodoo and all this sort of stuff, and he's terrified. So he asked me to come over and bless the house and pray in there. I said I would, but the clutch in my car went two weeks ago. I couldn't get over there. I just got it back yesterday, funny enough. And uh, I said to him, I tell you what I'll do. And he had no faith at all. And basically, this man believed that the devil was greater than God. Because he'd never had any uh, relationship with Jesus or God. But the devil we'd seen many times through Obia, which is practiced in Jamaica. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll ring you up, you put your phone in loudspeaker, you can walk all over the house and I'll pray into that house. Break any curses, break any witchcraft. And he wasn't happy with that. I took, no, no, you've got to be here. I said, who said so? I said, I'll be reading the word of God. I said, the word of God's more powerful than any juju man, any voodoo man, or any brother and sister that are witches and warlocks. You leave it to me. And he wasn't convinced. And on the day, his daughter rang me and said, he'll ring you in half hour. So I said, okay. An hour went by and he hadn't rung me. And I got fed up with this. So I, I rang him up. I said, what's the matter? What's the matter? I said, the lights won't come on. That's why I haven't rung you. I've gone in the house and all the power's off and I can't get the lights to work. I've put the switches down and everything. 
I said, okay, God is not bothered if your lights work or not. God is just bothered about dealing with the problem you have. Let's start. And I prayed for him for about half hour, full stop, and I read scriptures out of the Bible and everything else. When I finished the last prayer I prayed, I command all evil to leave your house immediately to go to the dry, arid places and to never return. As I said that, he said his lights came on. Wow. So there we go. God is good. God is wonderful. Now, I'm going to ask you, my dear friend, today, if you can do one thing for me at the end of today's yes, show. Yes, sir. Uh, would you play a song for me, please? Absolutely. What would you like to play? Yeah, it's another song. Called, it's a song called Another Time and Another Place by Sandy Patty and Wayne Watson. Okay. It came out about 1990. Another time and another place. I'll find another it. Place, yes. Okay. Sandy Patty and Wayne Watson, because I want to finish the show with it. Okay. All right. Excellent. Shall I? Shall I pray? Absolutely. Take it away. Lord, today we're praying of what we have to do in preparation for your second coming, how we have to act, what we have to do as we make ourselves holy. And Lord, I picked a song at the end of the show called Another Time in Another Place. I know you love that song, Lord, because the words are fantastic, anointed and holy. As Sandy Patty sings, and now I'm waiting for another time and another place where all my hopes and dreams will be captured with one look at Jesus' face. And Lord, we're looking forward to that time where we see you and we stand before you. We have nothing to fear. We love you. We believe in you. We trust in you. We adore you, Lord. And I pray that you touch everyone today listening to this program and you touch Shannon, you touch all his family. Lord, you touch us all. You touch me and Janice. And bless us today, we pray. In Jesus Christ, our Lord's name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start now, okay? Yes, sir. Take it away. Thank you, and God bless you all, and thank you for listening. Today we're going to be talking about the preparations we have to make for the return of Jesus. Last week we spoke about when Jesus first returns, the things he would do on the earth. But we've got to be waiting, we've got to be prepared, and we'll be speaking about that now. We'll be talking about the persecution in the tribulation period, which we will suffer, and how we will contend with this. But first of all, the one thing I say, we have got to be Christ-like now. It's no good waiting for Jesus to come if we are carrying on in a worldly system and we're doing the things the world would want us to do, then we're failing miserably. We've got to prepare to be like Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior now. Hallelujah. So let's have a look at our first scripture, 1 John 3, verses 2 and 3. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear. What shall we be? But we know that. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, 
for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purified himself, even as he is pure. And we're waiting for the return of Jesus. We will be transformed. Our minds will be transformed. Our bodies will be transformed into new spiritual bodies. And we will hope for all the things that we want to be. We will become radically pure, holy, loving, sacrificial, Christ-like people. Now in the intense hope and desire for that to happen when he comes and we see him. That's a wonderful thing. We think about standing before Jesus. When Ian McCormack, the man who got killed being stung by the box jellyfish, and first went to hell and then came to see Jesus. He said he looked at this muscular frame of a body, this handsome man standing before him, but he saw the intensity of his eyes, how these eyes looked through him and looked straight through him. And Jesus will do that to us as well. So we must try now to be Christ-like. We must read the word every day. We must pray every day. I take communion every morning between 5.30 and 6 o'clock. I take it every day before Janice goes to work or before I do anything. And that sets me up for the day by receiving the precious body and the blood of Jesus. Many people wait till they go to church on Sunday before they take communion. I take communion, and Janice does my wife, on Sunday in church, but we take it every morning. It's the first thing we do, and we will do that for the rest of our lives. We will try and prepare ourselves for Jesus. You see, we're not meeting the chairman of Microsoft we're not meeting the President of the United States or the Prime Minister of Great Britain. We're not meeting uh, Henry Ford. We're not meeting the greatest businessman that ever lived. We're meeting God. And we have to prepare to meet God. The second thing we want to talk about is we have to prepare ourselves for the tribulation period, prepare ourselves for the suffering that is going to come to us. Let's have a look now at Matthew 5, verses 10 to 12. Matthew 5, verses 10 to 12. For we wish to read this now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These are the words of Jesus speaking of persecution. Matthew 5. 10 to 12. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. 
for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, I know it's very difficult to suggest that we will find rejoicing in persecution, but we will. Because we're not being persecuted just for any reason. We are being persecuted because we are speaking, we are acting like, we are the representatives on earth of Jesus Christ who will soon come. Let's have a look at another scripture. Let's have a look at Acts 14, verse 22. You see, we are to be persecuted. That is obvious. We'll be speaking up. We'll be saying Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ will come soon to declare his righteous kingdom on the earth, to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. The Antichrist, the devil, were not like that. Let's have a read of Acts 14, verse 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exalting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Have you heard that? We must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. So we on the earth do not enter the kingdom of God because we're nice people or drive nice cars or we've paid our mortgage off or we've sent our children to private schools. We will enter the kingdom of heaven for we will suffer much tribulation. And it would seem that the tribulation will be more intense and more wicked near when Jesus comes again. Let's have a look at Second Thessalonians 2, verse 8. Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians 2, verse 8. says, And then shall the wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. Verse 9 says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. That's speaking of the Antichrist. Naturally, as Christianity grows, because this is the thing, We will be persecuted. Some of us will be murdered. Some of us will be executed, beheaded, shot, hung, who knows, beaten to death. But this will happen in the tribulation period. And if we steer close to God and we never leave him, he has promised he'll never leave or forsake us. And we will get through this and we will go to heaven to be with him forever. Hallelujah. But this tribulation will come. Jesus speaks of a season of lawlessness. Let's go back to the book of Matthew. Hallelujah. And let's read about this lawlessness. This lawlessness. And it's Matthew 24, verses 11 to 13. Matthew 24, 
11 to 13. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. There will be a great falling away. Many will leave the faith. Many will not be able to stand the persecution. Let's look at that persecution. Persecution from your neighbours. You're one of those weird Christians, aren't you? You're one of those born-again believers. Persecution in the workplace. We don't want you to speak about your Lord and Saviour, Jesus. We don't want you to speak about your Saviour in this place. Many people will lose their jobs. Churches, I believe, will be monitored. I think they will have government officials working for the Antichrist who will come into church and record what the pastors are saying. I believe if the pastors speak against the devil or speak against the Antichrist, their churches will be shut down. This is the level of the persecution we'll have to endure. But we'll be ready for it. Because we trust in the Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. But as this scripture has just said, we will endure. We will survive to the end. And in the end, we will go and be with the Lord Jesus Christ forever. We will submit ourselves to the word of God rather than submit ourselves to lawless leaders will run the world I don't think you've seen anything yet with King John Young and the Chinese Premier and Vladimir Putin what's to come is far worse what's to come is far worse we will be hindered in nearly everything we've done our, our children will turn against us the Bible says that the daughter will turn against mother some will turn against his father and vice versa that will happen now i want to tell you something from history that i heard on a christian channel recently i heard a preacher talk about this and it's in 1941 in october 1941 britain had been under eight months of aerial bombardment London had been peppered with bombs and other cities in Britain, the city of Coventry in the Midlands had virtually been destroyed. My father was a London fireman in London and streets after streets after streets had no houses standing in. People were sleeping in the London underground of a night because it was so bad. And Winston Churchill Britain's wartime leader, went to his old school. He went to Harrow, north of London. That's where he went. And he made a famous speech that lasted two minutes and 20 seconds. And this speech, like many of Winston Churchill's speeches, inspired the British people to not be frightened. And this is what he said. When I was here 10 months ago, last time, we Britons were quite alone, desperately alone. 
And we had been for five or six months. We had the unmeasured menace of the enemy and their air attacks still beating upon us. And you yourselves had had the experience of this attack. And I expect you are beginning to feel impatient that there has been this long lull with nothing particularly turning up. But we must learn to be equally good at what is short and sharp and what is long and tough. It is generally said that the British are often better at the latter. They do not expect to move from crisis to crisis. They do not always expect that each day will bring up some noble chance of war. But when they very slowly make up their minds that the thing has to be done and the job put through and finished, then even if it takes months, if it takes years, they do it. You cannot tell from appearances how things will be. Sometimes imagination makes things out far worse than they are. Yet without imagination, not much can be done. Those people who are imaginative see many more dangers than perhaps exist. Certainly many more than will happen. But then they must also pray to be given the extra courage to carry this far-reaching imagination. But for everyone, surely, what we have gone through in this period of 10 months, this is the lesson. Never give in. Never give in. Never. Never. Never in nothing, great or small, large or petty. Never again accept to convictions of honour and good sense. Never yield to false. Never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. We stood all alone a year ago, and many countries it seemed that our account was closed, that we were finished. All this tradition of ours, our songs, our school history, this part of history of this country, were gone and finished and liquidated. Very different is the mood today. There was no flinching and no one thought of giving in. And by what seemed almost a miracle to those outside these islands, though we ourselves never doubted it, now we find ourselves in a position where I can say that we can be sure that we have only to preserve to conquer. Do not let us speak of darker days, let us speak rather of sterner days. These are not dark days, these are great days. The greatest days of our country has ever lived. And we must all thank God that we have been allowed, each of us, according to our stations, to play a part, making these days memorable in the history of our race. I will quote, in addition to Winston Churchill having an American mother. Winston Churchill was made an American citizen by Act of Congress in 1963. So that inspired many people. But what inspired me was never give in, never. Never in nothing, great, small, large or petty. Never yield to false. 
never yield to apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. And I say to all Christians, we must never give in. We must never let the devil overcome us. We must never let the Antichrist bully us. We must look him straight in the eyes and tell him the truth. You haven't got left. You haven't got long left. Jesus Christ will come in glory and judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. You along with the beast and the false prophet will be cast in the everlasting fire. And the new heaven and earth will come and we will be part of it. You will not be. So we must stand against evil. The next thing I will say, working faithfully for Jesus, continue to work for Jesus through faith. Now, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about Matthew 25, 1 to 13. And we're going to read it now. I'm going to read it again to you. So you will know what I'm talking about. Matthew 25, 1 to 13. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept, And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so. There be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, For you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. Wonderful scriptures that tell us we should all be ready. And we should all be ready to meet the Lord Jesus. And we should all have our lamps ready. And we should be able to see perfectly out of these lamps for when the master come. We've all been given assignments to do on the earth. Some of us are evangelists. Some of us are healing ministers. Some of us are deliverance ministers. Some of us are teachers. Some of us are pastors. Some of us lead praise and worship. We must continue with those assignments and tasks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, let's have a look at a wonderful 
text of scripture. We're going to look at Luke 12, verses 42 to 44. And you'll know what we're talking about when we get there. Luke 12. Hallelujah. Verses 42 and 44. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he is coming, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he have. Hallelujah. We've got to be faithful servants, doing what the Lord has called us to do. Doing the work. And if we come to old age, and the Lord has not yet come, we must still be prepared. We must be prepared for him to come tomorrow. And if not tomorrow, the day after. And if not the end of the, this week, next week. If not this year, the year after. We must work every day to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. Let's go back to Matthew. Matthew 25, verses 21. The Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Go down to 23. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. You see, when the Lord Jesus comes back to the earth, it will not be the end of it. We'll not all retire or go to sleep or move to the south of France. We will be prepared to be righteous, faithful servants for the Lord. We're going to talk about now how to overcome persecution. And I've got lots of scriptures, lots of from uh, from First and Second Timothy. And it's about the Apostle Paul. We'll have to remember, we must remember that the Apostle Paul was willing to suffer so he could proclaim the gospel into all the countries he went to. For the sake of the elect. People in then times expected Jesus to come back at any time. Those apostles from the first century. But they continued to spread the gospel for the glory of God. We must use the same principles. We might not know where he is coming. But we must prepare ourselves Let's have a look now at some scriptures. Let's have a look now and prepare ourselves. Let's go to Second Timothy 2, verses 8 and 9. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised up from the dead according 
to the gospel. Verse 9, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. You will never keep the word of God down. Once you speak it, it does something. Once you proclaim it, as Paul did, things will happen in the world. Second Timothy 2.10 The Apostle Paul again. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Second Timothy 4, verse 18. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. The Lord shall preserve you for his heavenly kingdom. You see, the trouble with many people today, they don't look beyond the world. They look for the things that are in the world, the beautiful sea, the lovely beaches. And they want to spend their retirement in these places. They never think of how they can serve the Lord. They just want to serve the world and the riches of the world. We must remember that we are prisoners to the gospel. Not anything else, not to the world. Prisoners for the gospel. And let's have a look at Second Timothy 1, verse 8. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. We should take these afflictions. We should use God's word to spread the truth. We must speak the truth. Let's have a look at Second Timothy 1 verse 5. And if a man also strive for the masteries, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. We are all wearing the crown of life. Let's have a look at Second Timothy one one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. Jesus has promised us this. He has promised us life. He overcame death. He overcame the devil. He overcame the cross. We will overcome if we accept Jesus Christ. The crucial times are coming, I believe, shortly, when we will be tested. God will be with us. He will strengthen us. He will encourage us. Everything we do, but we mustn't fall away. Remember, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Let's have a look at Second Timothy 1, 9 to 12. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling? 
not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But now made manifest by the appearing of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to the light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I have, I suffer these days. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen. We are prepared. Let's go to verse 13. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in our Lord Jesus Christ. We must be prepared. Hallelujah. We must be willing to spread God's word. Another thing we will do to overcome persecution is obey God's calling to persevere to stay on a straight course faithful loving of our Lord and Saviour let's go again to 2 Timothy 4 verses 1 to 5 I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season. Out of season reprove. Rebuke. Exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelist, make full proof of the ministry. Hallelujah. You see, that's what we should do. If the day before Jesus comes, we lead a person to the Lord, and we get him to turn away from sin, repent his sins, and accept Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. We will be rewarded for doing that sort of thing. We must endure the suffering to do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll go to 7, 2 Timothy 4, 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's what we should do until the time we see the wonderful face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Next thing, leave your persecutors to God. Just continue to speak the truth. Speak the truth now. And do not yield from the truth. For the truth will set us free, and the truth will set all mankind free. 
Let's have a look at Second Timothy 2, verses 22 to 26. Stay on course. Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. You know, a couple rung me the other day. It was a young lady who used to go to a church I attended many years ago. And she's fallen out really with that church because she met a man. And both of them claimed to be born again. Both of them claimed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But they're not married, but they're living in fornication. And I asked her, do you fornicate with this young man? And she said, yes. And I said to her, well, even though you think you're born again and you'll think you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I said, the Bible says no fornicator who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of God. And she was shocked by that. And she said, basically, her boyfriend won't like it. I said, I'm not bothered if your boyfriend likes it or not. It is my job as a pastor to keep you out of the devil's grasp, to keep you out of hell. And that's what I'm trying to do now. If you both want to ring me, I'll read the scripture to you and I'll, I'll explain why you shouldn't fornicate. And they're ringing me tonight at six o'clock. So I feel great about it. Because if they'll listen to me, and by all accounts, the boyfriend's very proud and very arrogant, and he doesn't like being told that he's wrong. But he's going to have to get used to it, because I'm going to tell him he's wrong. I'm not telling him it to be proud or to show that I've got a better biblical knowledge than him. I'm telling him to save him from the fires of hell. And whenever Jesus returns, we must be ready to save souls from the fire of hell and not let, not let them be captured by the devil. Hallelujah. Remember God's mercy to you in the past to help those losing faith. Second Timothy 3, verses 11 to 14. Persecutions afflictions which came unto me at Antioch in, Anti in Antioch Iconium at Lystra what persecutions I endured but out of them all the Lord delivered me yea and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution I'll read that again yea and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in all things thou hast learned, 
and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them. In the name of Jesus. Did you see that? All that live godly will suffer persecution. Our godliness, our holiness, our purity, our sanctification will be an affrontery to Satan and the Antichrist. And he will hate us for it. But we will continue in Jesus' name. 2 Timothy 4, verses 16 to 18. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and preserve me in his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And you see, things might be tough and people might do all kinds of evil to us, but we should forgive them in the name of Jesus Christ. We must rely on God's resources not on anything we can get from the world. In these times, in the tribulation period, we can expect nothing from the world. Everything we will receive from God. The grace of God. 2 Timothy 1-2 To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy and peace from God, the Father and Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2.1 says, Therefore, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. 4.22 And the Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be unto you. We rely on the grace of God. The second thing is the gift of God. Second Timothy 1 verses 6 and 7. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound mind. The gift of God. The power of God. The power of God. Let's go to Philippians 2, verse 13. The power of God. These are all the resources and gifts that have been given us. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. The power of God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That would also include every day putting on the whole armor of God, for that is the power and his might. Hallelujah. The next thing we have is the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit is with us. Second Timothy one fourteen. That good thing which is committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Spirit which dwelleth in us. We must remember that the Holy Spirit dwells in us and it stays in us. We must remember the word of God. The word of God. Second Timothy three twelve to seventeen says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The next thing is we must remember that we are not suffering alone. That believers are all suffering all over the world. Hallelujah. They are all suffering. And we should pray for them. Though we may be suffering ourselves, we must just not think of ourselves. We must pray for all Christians. Remember, certain Christians in certain countries may be suffering a lot worse than we are. Let's have a look at Matthew 28, verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Christ is with us. Christ is with us. He will never leave us even to the end of the world, even to the darkest times of world's history, like Winston Churchill spoke about in 1941, the darkest times in Britain's history. Prayers for other believers, we must pray for them. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 1 and 3. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, and the things that thou hast heard of me amongst many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thus therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Did you ever sing that song? I hear the sound. Of the army of the Lord. Fellowship of suffering. We must make a fellowship of suffering for those other believers who are being persecuted. Second Timothy one eight. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised up from the dead, 
according to the Gospels. Hebrews 13 verse 3. Hallelujah. It says this. Hebrews 13 verse 3. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which also suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, verse 24. Colossians 1, verse 24. says, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and put up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which also is the church. We should read books on Christian heroes. Read books on Christian heroes. Strengthen ourselves. Men who have gone through terrible things. One of my great heroes in Christian history is Eric Liddell. You may have heard Eric Liddell if you've seen that magnificent film, Chariots of Fire, with the two British sprint runners, Harold Abrahams, the Jew who was rejected at university for being Jewish, and Eric Liddell, the man who said to the British Olympic Selection Committee, I will not run on the Sabbath. And he said he wouldn't run on the Sabbath. And the race, he was put into another race which didn't run on the Sabbath, and he ran the gold medal. Eric Liddell became a missionary and was sent to China. And when the Japanese invaded China, he was captured by the Japanese, which were very brutal. And they put him in a Japanese concentration camp. And when the news got back to Britain that this wonderful Olympic hero was being kept by the Japanese, Winston Churchill himself intervened and through diplomatic circles organized the release of Eric Liddell. And Eric Liddell, who was now suffering from malnutrition, various things in his body, scurvy, worms. He was about to leave the concentration camp and he saw an English woman who was heavily pregnant, who was so ill. And he was told that if she didn't get out and get back to Britain, she would surely die and her baby too. And Eric Liddell gave up his place. And he stayed in the camp and died. And the English woman came back to London and had her baby. A hero, a hero, Eric Liddell. So read about heroes. Read about people who have given their lives for Jesus Christ, who have not given in. Read about them. Fill yourself up with their bravery. Do not fear persecution, even unto death. Believe in the truth of Scripture. Now let's go back to the book of Psalms. And let's look at some scripture that give us encouragement. Encouragement. These scriptures do. Let's have a look at Psalm 27. 
the first six verses. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, and in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 31. The first five verses says, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Never let me be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thou ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for a house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me. O Lord, God of truth. Hallelujah. Fear nothing. Jesus is with you. Wear the crown of life. Wear it boldly. You know you're wearing the crown of life. Hallelujah. Remember Jesus in all the suffering, what he has gone through for our sakes. And be prepared for the coming of the Lord is soon. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. For Jesus Christ is with you. And he is not made you fearfully in your mother's womb so you will be destroyed and face defeat. Victory is yours in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. I say amen to that. We're going to close with a song in a moment but you know I was seeking the Lord today and one of the things he gave me was a scripture. It fits beautifully with what you were just saying. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. Amen. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in Yahovah shall be safe. You know, that really set me free today. Amen. Amen. Because I have Amen. been focusing and fixating on uh, recent up-to-date developments of the New World Order, the World Economic Forum, and it can overwhelm you with fear. And, yes, of course. Uh, cause you to despair, thinking, what's the point? Uh, 
but God. You know, it was bringing a snare in my own life. You know, I remember what Paul said. He said, I don't want to know anything among you but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I believe God is speaking to me and many out there. We need to spend more time in God's Word than worrying about what the following what the New World Order is doing in Alex Jones and InfoWars. God bless Alex Jones. He needs deliverance from a spirit of alcohol. Because if he dies as a drunkard, he's going to bust hell wide open. Now that's the word of God right there. We want to pray for him. I believe God has used him. But I'm done with that stuff. And you know, I will sound the alarm as a watchman and warn people um, of deception as we see it. You know, don't take the coming vax, etc. Don't take the mark. But you know, really, time is running out for all of us. And when we get down to the very end, we're going to look back and we may be sad that we wasted time on things that did not profit us. That can take many forms. But I believe at the end of the day, the most valuable investment of our time is doing what you're doing, Brother Michael. You're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're casting out devils. You're laying hands on the sick that they recover. That's Mark 16 ministry. Word of God says, He that wins souls is wise. I had a brother who was a great researcher on the New World Order. His name is Terry L. Cook. Many of you know him. Great man of God. He told me though one day, he says, you know, I've read a lot of stuff and I've studied the New World Order and the Illuminati. He said, in retrospect, I wish I hadn't done it. And what he was alluding to is he had wasted a lot of time on it. And he's, you know, getting up in age and realizing he may not have that much more time. We're going to all get to that point, should the Lord Terry, we're going to say, wow, I don't have too many years on this side unless the Lord extends my life like Hezekiah or gives me, you know, 120 like Moses. And we may look back, and I hope that's not the case with you and I out there tonight, where we spent the majority of our life on things that did not profit us when it got down to the end. And, you know, if if this is your wake-up call today like it is mine, to get focused again on what Jesus called us to in the Great Commission, where you can actually still make a difference and you can get a reward from it, then better late than ever. Again, uh, we don't have to fear the New World Order or Klaus Schwab. Those people are going to do what they're going to do. But God's not a man that he should lie. He watches over his word before him. And if he says, Whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe, you can take that one to the bank. You know, faith without works is dead. We need to start putting our faith where our mouth is. Believe God as it got at his word. And you know, uh, we're going to make it if we do that. Amen. Praise the Lord. He watches over his word before me. That's my micro sermon. Uh, my brother, how can people contact you and support your ministry? Well, if you want to support my ministry, you can go on my uh, website, which is Frame, F R A M E. Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. There is a PayPal account there that you can look at, and if you wish to help me, you can. If you're ever in London, uh, old London town, as we used to call it, uh, you can come and see me in Kilburn Christian Fellowship, number two, Aldershot Road, 
Kilburn, London Northwest 6 2SL. That's the postcode or zip code as you call it in America. Be lovely to see you sometime. Lovely to see you. And uh, if anyone needs prayer, don't hesitate to contact me. My Skype address you can get from my email address. Contact me. We'll pray for you and we'll set you free. But don't say maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Whatever you need to do, do it today. You never know when the Lord's coming. Be prepared, as the they say to the Boy Scouts. Yes. Be prepared. Amen. Amen. Folks, support the ministry, Brother Michael. 